It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. All right. Hey, welcome to the show today. This is Tom Littleton. I am sitting in for Greg Davis, which you probably know. Uh, old Greg is in Israel with a tour. And uh, if you check his social media uh, for Priority Talk, you can see some of the pictures. I think he's joined in on a broadcast and given some updates from that tour. Uh, something you should consider doing sometime with your family if you haven't. Uh, I went decades ago, but uh, still a very powerful allure for any believer, any student of the Bible to get there and see some of these sites and places on your own. Also, Nate is out today, so that leaves you with me, Tom, and uh, I'm glad you joined us here. We're on 101.1 FM, and uh, this is the Crawford Media Broadcasting Network. I appreciate this ministry, this um, broadcasting network. I've been listening as long as I've been a believer. That's uh, all the way goes back to, uh, I think, uh, 1978. And uh, so Crawford's been around a long time, been doing what they do. Uh, here um, for WXJCRadio.com or PriorityTalk.com, you can find uh, this program and other great programming. You can find Priority Talk live archives um, and uh, listen in here live on WXJC or go to the Internet and find it also on Facebook. So Anyway, we appreciate that you joined us. Thanks for taking the time and making this investment. Uh, today we're going to talk about three great challenges that are facing Christians today. And I know that uh, Greg uh, and Nate cover a lot of topics and you get some really frontline stuff. Uh, I'm going to get to a report uh, that was uh, published in Christian Post, actually the first of a two-part um, uh, interview with uh, Pastor David Jeremiah, where he is actually talking about uh, the pastoral apostasy is a part of a great falling away. Uh, it's a, a disturbing trend that we are seeing in the church. I think uh, everybody knows we've got some problems. And uh, we're also, uh, there was a recent Gallup poll, I'm going to report on that, some in the second hour, that showed that uh, Americans are l losing faith in our institutions, that we're at a historically low confidence or faith level in our institutions. And one of those institutions is the church. So uh, and uh, particularly directed to <clears throat> a crisis among uh, the trust level that we have for those in ministry. Well, I'm I'm a, a minister. I'm a, an evangelist. And that bothers me. And uh, I know why the public uh, has uh, some struggles. But there are three areas, I think, and we'll look at these today uh, for Christians that we're living uh, we're living in, struggling with, uh, we're, we're looking at a struggle in surviving the political climate. Now, you probably get that, right? Um, 
as a Christian, if you're conservative, Bible-believing Christian, you're being called a Christian nationalist these days. If you voted for Trump, if you support um, biblical views on abortion and family and sexuality, gender, these kind of things, uh, then you're, you're being labeled a Christian nationalist. And I, I think it's ironic, regardless of race, that the race card is being played on any conservative. So uh, ironically, uh, we're, we're looking at a time where we're being told that we're uh, polarizing people when actually they're third parties uh, pointing fingers and accusing and driving a polarization of uh, the political climate. So how do we survive that? This is, this is a very perplexing thing. Also, honestly, if you follow things that are happening in the, in the world with wars and economic uncertainties, and um, I know several people who've just retired and they look at their retirement in the, this age of inflation and uh, they see some, some, uh, some elitist people uh, meeting in Davos uh, talking about the financial future and digital currency and all these things. It's like, well, what happens to everything that I've worked so hard for and being able to provide for myself, my family, keep food on the table and a roof over my head, send my kids to college or my help my grandkids. You know, th- there's a lot of uncertainty there. So how do we navigate that without fear? Because we're specifically told not to fear. So we're going to talk about that some. And then, of course, uh, how do we remain faithful? This is uh, the third part, and it's really two points. How do we remain faithful to God? How do we walk in faithfulness to God and walk in faithfulness to our call and obligation to other, uh, other people as a Christian? And, you know, if there's any time that the, the church needs um, to have good representatives and good uh, witnesses, it would be today in a time of crisis when people are feeling a lot of things on the verge of collapse around them <clears throat> when our way of life uh, as many have known it, is um, threatening uh, to dissolve. Things are, change is coming, and I think a lot of people sense that. So uh, being with us today, if you're listening in, you want to talk, you can call in at 205-941-1011. That's the call, call in line. We'd love to have you uh, tell us what you think about these things. But if you look at the, the, the greater struggle that we face uh, as believers, you know, we have to ask, I remember one of the old uh, spirituals that they used to sing at the church I was in in New York. Uh, it was, uh, whose report will you believe? And the response, that was the call from the stage uh, with, the, with the soloist, and then the response of the audience is, we will believe the report of the Lord. Well, there's giants in the land, right? So whose report are you going to believe? Well, there were out of the spies that were sent in, only two came back with a faithful report that God was bigger than the giants. And God, God's, uh, they brought that, remember those grapes and all that uh, stories of milk and honey and the plenty in that land. Uh, and so when we're facing these things, you're going to have to ask yourself, whose report am I going to believe? Who am I going to trust? Where am I going to place my heart? Because wherever your heart is, um, you know, uh, your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. And we're struggling with this as Christians because we're frail and we're human. And it's easy for us to lapse into uh, a place where 
life has more uh, questions and answers. It has more perplexities than it does uh, uh, comforts. And Jesus even acknowledged this, you know, that men's hearts would start to fail them for the fear of things coming on the earth. And there would be distress of nations with a perplexity. I, I've talked about that before. So uh, on this program, so uh, where are you going to, where are you going to tune in? Where are you going to uh, fine tune your heart? And what we need is the word of God. What we need is God's voice speaking in a time of so many other voices. What's happened. We're living in a time where narrative is king narrative is is truth and what i mean by narrative is crafted talking points where uh people are less allowed to think for themselves and more uh demanded upon to think you know with the group think and to uh, accept the the critical theory narrative uh to um be fearful of being canceled or being uh, seen as uh, hateful or um, non-inclusive or intolerant. And so we have to go along with the talking points. Well, there just isn't any of that in the Word of God. <laughs> I'm, it, it's so nice because, you know, we we'll sit here in the studio and there's um, uh, Fox News is, is muted. I was watching some of it before uh, the start of the program, and it's like, man, it's hard to tell. Am I watching Fox News here or some news spoof on Saturday Night Live, right? For all the old-timers, you can remember when they first started that program, and the news spoofs were actually some of the most uh, entertaining. But now the news would be entertaining if it weren't so uh, sad. Uh, and um, uh, just the kind of things that are coming out. I mean, got an IRS whistleblower talking about the president's son. I mean, I'm uh, just I saw this uh, DEA uh, report and and some immigration reports where the people who were stepping up to give answer for these things before Congress were like um, definitely looked like they'd come off the set of uh, SNL. But uh, anyway, we're going to be back in a minute. Remember, you can call in. You're here on Priority Talk Live, WXJC 101.1 FM. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hey Birmingham, this is Christine Kane from the A21 campaign. You are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk Radio. Right, we're back. Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis. I love it that Greg has all these uh, people with accents that are giving plugs for him. I, I just don't know that many people with accents. But uh, Greg's a gay, great guy, but he, he's not here today, so you're stuck with me. 
Uh, Nate is also out. Uh, Greg is in Israel. Pray for them for their safe travel and uh, blessed time there. And uh, we're here on WXJC 101.1 FM. You can call in 205-941-1011 if you uh, want to uh, get your two cents worth in. We would love to hear from you. Uh, We appreciate that you join this program and also for the other great programming on this network and uh, Crawford uh, broadcasting, hosting it, and all the great sponsors that uh, make it possible. So we're talking about the three great challenges that face Christians today. And I mentioned uh, at the opening uh, an article. Uh, it's actually one of two parts by Pastor David Jeremiah. Uh, he is now 82 years old. He's founder of Turning Point Radio, and he is uh, the pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church in California. So uh, I think he took Tim LaHaye's place. The church had a different name then. But anyway, he says uh, in this interview, uh, there's going to be a second part published in Christian Post. He said um, that uh, pastor's apostasy is a, a great falling away or part of a great falling away. Now, uh, I'll read the opening. It says that uh, uh, he, um He voiced his concerns about the seemingly increasing number of pastors and churches straying from biblical truth, warning that this trend indicates the falling away Scripture prophesied ahead of the end times. Uh, And he said, um, let's see, Uh, he says, we're anticipating the rapture. Uh, One of the things the Bible says during that time as we anticipate the rapture is that there will be a great falling away or the apostasy. Uh, that's what theologians call it, what the word uh, means of falling away. Uh, I want to reference that verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3. Uh, it says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, uh, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ had come. Uh, no, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, it's interesting uh, in First uh, Timothy 4, it goes on to say the spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this. There's a lot of red ink warnings about the last days. But I encounter attitudes today. I mean, since I've been a Christian and been reading the Bible, I've always looked at this as it's it's part of the territory. It's coming. It's going to get worse. And that's what David Jeremiah is alluding to. Uh, and expressing concern about. And uh, he says, hardly a month goes by where you don't hear of somebody uh, you thought was straight and going in the right way and doing the right things and teaching the truth. And now if they, they don't believe this anymore and the, or they've gotten in trouble or there's, they're no longer in the ministry, he said, the enemy is at work. The Bible says Satan is, uh, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
Uh, he obviously he devours our influence if allowed, and he's been really busy doing that. He's devouring the influence of many people who said that they were Christians. He said a lot of young guys who I know are saying, I don't believe uh, in, uh, in that there's anything wrong with abortion. I don't believe there's anything wrong with homosexuality or all of these other issues. They once did, but now they don't. That is the falling away. That's what the Bible says is going to happen, and it is happening. So you may not agree with that, but I think, like I said, you know, the the Bible is very clear. Lots of warnings, Jesus' own warnings about this. Now, I encounter attitudes that people seem to think that the church is just going to get bigger and better and more fun and in and that we're just going to see growth and increase and um and uh you know and and ride high right up until the end and that is not what the bible says at all that that in itself is a form of apostate teaching because it, it is ignoring the word of god um one of the, uh, another thing that um uh, that uh, Jeremiah points out, he says, law and order is gone. Truth is gone. Gender is gone. S- schools are dissipating. Uh, we have a Christian school in our um, ministry. And he said, uh, when COVID started, we had 1,200 students. Now we have 1,700 students because people are in despair in California and they don't want to see their children um, you know, told, uh, you know, these things that uh, opposite of what God created them to be. I'm paraphrasing here. He emphasized the need for Christians to remain rooted in Scripture and not drift away from truth, especially in the current spiritual, spiritually uh, 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 precarious climate. So I think this is a good article because uh, not just because I agree with it, because it it's focusing us back on the word of God. And we do need to have clarity in this now. I have a a reformed friend who said that he is encountering a lot of uh, sort of uh, at least uh, apostate uh, developments among some of the young uh, ministers that he deals with. And he said, you know, because of theistic evolution, the popularity of some of these movements like BioLogos and others merging faith and science. I've talked about that a lot uh, on when I've been on the program here. But. Uh, you know, that uh, there is a weakening of, of confidence in an undermining of Genesis 1 through 11. And then, of course, with uh, various types of, um, uh, of uh, eschatology and teachings on the end time, many people no longer that believe that the book of Revelation uh, applies to today or is for today. Now, when I was a kid, there were very few people that would embrace that kind of ideology uh, and think that they're solid, conservative, biblically oriented Christians with a good Christian worldview. But you're seeing this carry over even into the apologetics arena. And a lot of people, especially young guys in ministry, tending toward embracing this. So my friend said, you know, uh, what are you going to have left if you don't believe the beginning of the Bible and then you don't believe the end of the Bible? Uh, then then what's really left? And, uh, you know, I, I'd said that a few years ago to a pastor friend who was leaning towards some of this theistic evolution stuff. And, uh, you know, I've I've dug up the money that's behind this. And, you know, it's one hundred and fifty million dollars a year just from one foundation that is promoting this uh, theistic evolution uh, and merging of faith and science. So that's an interfaith effort. They're pushing it among all faiths. So think about that. I mean, are they trying to help 
Christians be better at following the Word of God if they're working among all faiths to weaken their confidence in their historic teachings, their historic texts, including Christians' confidence and view of the Word of God? And the first 11 chapters of Genesis, there's a lot of stuff in there that is crucial to your uh, Christian worldview. So think that through now. (laughs) But I appreciate that David Jeremiah is is bringing this out because he's really focusing on the pastors. And you may say, well, I'm just not that sure that things are that bad. But, I mean, if you look at right now, I mean, the crisis over uh, abuse, uh, sex abuse, uh, abuse of power, there's always been these money scandals. I, I hadn't been saved very long when a lot of that stuff was coming down. You say, well, none of this stuff is new, but it does seem more epidemic as um, as David Jeremiah is pointing out in this article. Now, I know I've I've been a Christian for uh, for over four and a half decades, so I've been in ministry that that long as well, and I can tell you, having been around and kind of seen the sausage being produced, um, uh, been in the kitchen, you know, so to speak, within the church and church circles, that things are worse um, than I've ever seen them. Speaking from a personal perspective, so you have to think, you know, where are we going to be? Uh, if this trend continues, and we'll talk in the second hour about these, uh, this loss of faith in the institution. So Christians are facing great, great challenges. Um, after the break, I'll talk more about uh, the, this uh, political climate and how we're navigating, what we're having to navigate, because there are serious things that are coming against Christians in this um, whole set of narratives. And, and, and remember, like I said, when narrative is, is the truth, uh, when they've drafted the talking points and you must agree to them or you're in big trouble you know if you're not with the talking points if you're not in in step with the narrative then you're some kind of a hater or there's something wrong with you your politics are askew Uh, and we're seeing that kind of thing uh, applied to christians and in the church i mean it's certainly uh, rampant in the world and i think a lot of people just have fatigue from all this Uh, I, i would call that narrative fatigue and uh, if you're worried about trying to be politically correct or in step with a narrative today, it really is exhausting. Uh, it's probably better to just hang it up and just let let the rough end drag and let people be offended if they need to be. But um, you're with us here. I'm Tom Littleton sitting in for uh, Greg and Nate on Priority Talk Live WXJC. We appreciate that you would join us on this programming. Appreciate all the uh, good topics that get covered here. You can call in 205-941-1011. We'd love to have you uh, comment and uh, let us know what you think. What we're talking about today, again, we have uh, just some uh, challenges, that uh, the great challenges that Christians are facing today. And um, just hang in there. If you're on your way home, we're going we're gonna to stay with you, and we appreciate you listening in. And we will be right back on Priority Talk Live. We want you to be a part of the show. Yes, you. To make comments or ask questions, call or text Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. We're back. What does your life be like? 
we like it around here because uh, uh, we appreciate this uh, uh, Crawford uh, Broadcasting Network allowing this uh, wonderful talk radio program. And Greg and Nate do a great job. They're out today, so you're stuck with me, Tom Littleton. I'm filling in. This is on WXJC. Uh, Priority Talk Live 101.1. We appreciate it. Uh, Good news and Christian values. That's the mission of Priority Talk. And, of course, you know Greg works uh, at uh, ALCAP uh, for uh, basically uh, representing uh, Christians in our state at the Capitol and around the state in churches and uh, does a great job with that. And uh, before that, a long time with uh, first priority in our schools and uh, making sure that students have access to uh, gather and to pray and to uh, witness. So we appreciate that you guys join us and uh, all the good work that um, goes on through this broadcast. And I enjoy being here. And I'm an evangelist and uh, you don't know that much about me, but I have a website called uh, 30piecesofsilver.org. And I don't talk a lot about myself, but I've done uh, when I'm on here, but I've done uh, evangelism for um, four and a half decades and uh, also done a lot of apologetics and medical missions. And like I said, I've kind of seen some of the sausage being made, you know, through the years working in ministry. I'm Southern Baptist, my ordination and heritage, uh, but also worked in a lot of other churches and uh, and movements through the years. Uh, mentioning this uh, this article uh, interview by um, Christiana, a Christian Post, excuse me, with uh, uh, David Jeremiah. Jeremiah lamented the reality reality, excuse me, that many churches have adopted a feel good mentality uh, instead of preaching the word of God. Um, Uh, adding that uh, we're in a desperate place. He said, uh, don't tell me that uh, we're not in a bad place. Tell me how to live while I'm in that place. He said, how do I get through it? So, you know, that's the thing. The the Bible's not telling you that, uh, that things are all rosy, and we're getting a very clear view in Scripture uh, and, and the warnings of Jesus that there would be false Christ and false prophets and that many would be taken in deceived by these people. So uh, we're also told, like uh, 1 Timothy 4 says, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but will, according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up to themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Well, I found out, you know, nothing is going to make us, uh, compel us to live right if we don't have a loving and intimate relationship with the Lord on a personal level. All the doctrine in the world is not going to keep you living right. And uh, that was kind of the pharisaical approach, right? That, uh, will we just replace, uh, we, we substitute so many <laughs> doctrines of men in that we crowd out the, the simple commandments of God. And yet that first and greatest commandment, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. We're going to talk about that as the third point in this. But right now, we're talking about the um, uh, about the how do we navigate the political climate? Well, I want to throw something out at you here for consideration. Uh, I have had a lot of dealings with a guy named Russell Moore. He's now the editor at. Uh, Christianity Today. Some people call it Christianity Astray because it is a, a pretty progressive uh, 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 leaning uh, uh, publication these days. But 
He's uh, in 2021, January 21st, 2021. He had a message. It was in Time Magazine. Now, if if your favorite preacher is being interviewed in a positive light by Time Magazine, there's probably something wrong. Or if they're on CNN a lot uh, these days, uh, because part of that polarization means that uh, Christians who have a good biblical voice, they're going to get marginalized. And only these guys who are pushing a more progressive narrative are going to be welcomed into the mainstream. Well, here's a headline from that from uh, 2021. Theologian Russell Moore has a message for Christians who still worship Trump. Uh, So far, I haven't met anybody who worships Donald Trump. I, I, I mean, maybe there's some uh, over-admiration by some, even by some Christians. But, you know, I, I look back at, at the uh, last, you know, well, since 2015 and the political climate. And what you've got with guys like Russell Moore is uh, he does a lot of shaming of Christians. And he has a new book out. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But he does a lot of political shaming, shaming people for how they voted and how, how they vote, who they support, and how can a Christian vote for this guy. But then, on the other hand, you ask, how can a Christian support a candidate who's uh, overtly or rabidly pro-abortion? You know, so these these issues have, have been polarizing, not because people want them to be polarizing. From a Christian perspective, they're just Christians are being uh, you know, and our worldview is under assault. Our values based on the Word of God are under assault. So Christians have to respond. But this new book uh, by Russell Moore is called Losing Our Religion, an Altar Call for Evangelical America. It says, former Southern Baptist pastor and Christianity Today editor-in-chief Russell Moore calls for repentance and renewal among American evangelicalism. American evangelical Christianity has lost its way while the witness of the church before a watching world is diminished beyond recognition. Congregations are torn apart over Donald Trump, Christian nationalism, make note of that one, racial injustice, uh, uh, sexual predators, disgraced leaders, and cover-up scandals. Left behind are millions of believers who counted on the church to be a place of belonging and hope. As greater and greater numbers of younger Americans bleed out from the church, that's rather dramatic, Uh, even the most rooted evangelicals are wondering, can American Christianity survive? Now, I thought that was interesting, given a conservative guy like uh, David Jeremiah saying what he's saying about the pastors, and then, of course, uh, here is a progressive guy like Moore basically saying the same thing but placing the, the blame elsewhere. I mean, it's it's the politics. It's the the uh, Christian nationalism and the, the uh, thinking of Christians that are, are, the, are the big problem. It's the fact they vote Republican or they, they supported Donald Trump. And honestly, this is the narrative. This is what you're looking at there, hardcore. Uh, from a progressive side is the narrative against the reality that a lot of people that I know are Christians, uh, they've supported Trump because they like some of his policies, but it's not a blanket um, endorsement of uh, his personality or his lifestyle. But uh, I take him with a grain of salt because he's a New Yorker, right? And um, I lived in New York ministering off and on for 10 years. So 
I kind of know New Yorkers for what they are, and uh, he's a New Yorker. He's a billionaire, but um, I, I think um, given the choices we had in 2016, Christians voted for the best choice that they had. But uh, it's it's so problematic when a guy like Russell Moore, who is a Democrat, who's been a staffer for a Democrat uh, congressman, a U.S. congressman out of Mississippi. Uh, when these guys are politicizing their narrative, but they're putting it out there in the most spiritual forms and context. And then this, I mean, Russell Moore does more shaming than, than your grandma. And I, I just don't see that as a motivator. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us, right? And these guys who kind of want to beat the Christian shamers in chief and appoint themselves, appoint themselves to be our um, uh, conscience, then, you know, where, where are we at, you know, with this? Uh, and just like that false accusation in the Time magazine uh, uh, headline from 2021, uh, this is for all those Christians who still worship Trump. Well, uh, we're not worshiping Trump. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're many people are really playing, praying seriously for our country and uh, voting their conscience because of the issues that are on the table and the candidates that are on the ballot. So uh, Christians need to take heed and not be manipulated by these guys. I thought it was interesting that in this uh, book uh, um, review or promotion, they did not mention that he's the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission of the Southern Baptists, because as a member of that, he was actually uh, um, put on a short leash for a while because of his criticisms of Donald Trump during his the Trump presidency. And so uh, he had to kind of back off of some of that. And then eventually he got in, in trouble again and was uh, dismissed uh, from that position as the head ethicist. I, I sometimes wonder how he ever got there when he doesn't represent most conservative Christians, but it certainly gave him a big megaphone uh, in the public. And now he has that with Christianity today. Okay, that's that's all opinion. If I offended anybody, you can call in and uh, give your opinion, 205-941-1011. Uh, but we're glad you're joining us here. We're on WXJC. It's Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis and Nate. And um, we will be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, this is Chris Stewart, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis right here on WXJC. Hello and welcome back to Priority Talk Live. I'm still wondering how uh, Tom Petty made it in here to the uh, lineup of intro music, but uh, I, I appreciate the sentiment there with uh, Petty. That he was actually taking on the entire 
industry, the music industry, over the rights of uh, the creative people who put the music out and uh, that inspired that song, I, I Want Back Down. Now, for Christians, we have a whole lot more to stand up for, and uh, we shouldn't be willing to back down, even when we stand uh, at the gates of hell. And the, land, the Lord stands with us. That's what Paul uh, affirmed when we stand there. Even if all men forsake us, the Lord stands with us. So, hey, take a stand and be God's uh, person. Fill, stand in the gap there. Acts 20, we're told to keep watch over ourselves and all the flock of God uh, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is a word to pastors. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Now, you know that, right? We're bought with a price. We are not our own. And we are the uh, the blood-bought, the church of the firstborn. We are God's purchase. Jesus has purchased us with that precious blood, and we are not our own. Paul said, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Does that sound like everything's going to be rosy? I mean, this is first century Christianity. This is, the Paul, the living reality that the devil is at work, as we uh, heard David Jeremiah say in this article I'm talking about, uh, uh, the pastoral apostasy that's going on. And uh, so Paul said it. He said, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you who will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after themselves. Again, you're here on Priority Talk Live on WXJC. Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis. Now, when I was first saved, uh, that was uh, uh, 1978. My brother, actually, who was a pastor, he led me to the Lord, but he came in to my room when I was really at a low ebb, and he read Second uh, Timothy 3 to me. He says, For this know, then the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such turn away. You know what I said to my brother was, boy, that sounds a lot like today, but what the Holy Spirit said to me in my heart was, that's you, buddy. That is you. And that's called conviction, conviction of the Holy Spirit. I was saved that night because that word of God, that sharp two-edged sword, pierced my heart and convicted me and nailed my nasty hide to the wall and I had no defense and I cast myself on the, the mercy of God and on the blood of Jesus and begged God to forgive me and to send his spirit in me and to uh, have that blessed joy of knowing that my sins were forgiven I was right with God and I it could embrace the hope and the joy of the resurrection and all the promises of God that he had for me well, I don't know if you're struggling with the things particularly that I'm talking about, but in this uh, effort to navigate the current political climate, uh, I really don't care a lot for politics. I find it, um, I mean, I got into it a lot when I was a kid, and I was really kind of caught up in the process and the machinery and the trappings. But over time, I guess you get a little cynical, and uh, we're going to talk about in the second hour people losing faith in the institutions, uh, the political institutions, the parties. Those are some of the things people are losing faith in. 
and uh, with good reason. Uh, but people are also losing faith in the church. They're losing faith in pastors. And so I was uh, actually uh, looking at um, uh, a topic that I, I had uh, alluded to before, but uh, some of you may have seen this programming called um, uh, Shiny Happy People. And this is a four-part, I believe it is, uh, documentary about uh, the Duggar family and the sexual issues that were going on in their family and then uh, when they knew about it, what they knew about it, and how all that played out in the press. And then uh, uh, also, I, I just I watched this because uh, my wife, her friends were talking about it and there was some connections there and uh, that uh, raised uh, our curiosity. But it also talked about uh, homeschooling and then uh, about the bigger scandal with uh, the homeschooling movement uh, surrounding uh, Bill Gothard and his uh, uh, ministries. But anyway, uh, we sort of know this uh, realm because we homeschool. And yet what I saw shaping up again in the narrative of this secular documentary was twofold. A narrative about homeschooling that was really broad brushing home homeschooling, like all homeschoolers, and uh, are are these ultra um, tight knit uh, sort of fundamentalist, and I can tell you that's not true. Homeschoolers are a very diverse group of people, but uh, supposedly uh, that homeschooling is where this uh, group of um, uh, future um, uh, Christian nationalists are being. Uh, bred and born and and they're being um, sent out to take over your country and deprive you of your freedoms and to tell you how you should live your life so if you've seen that and you you didn't pick up on those talking points maybe watch some of that again and see but uh, it was disturbing to me because uh, like the broad brush against homeschoolers and also, I mean, when Christians are fleeing the, the churches for Christian, I mean, the, the public schools for Christian education, actually the historic low in 16 different um, uh, institutions in America, the low faith in those institutions, one of them is public education. And uh, there's been a major crisis in public education. So uh, people are fleeing with good reason. David Jeremiah even alluded to that about how their uh, their Christian school had grown since COVID by over 500 students. So, and this is California, you know, everybody knows it's getting crazy in California. I was just visiting with a, a niece. She's from the left coast uh, for a while, and uh, she and her husband fled because they felt like they were living in under a communist regime, and they were just a couple, a uh, young couple of many, many people who are leaving Seattle, Washington, that area, uh, California. There's a mass exodus because it's getting insane out there. But uh, this uh, shiny, happy people uh, is trying to vilify where most of those people are seeking refuge, Christian education, and in particular, homeschooling. And then, of course, conservative Christians are being broad-brushed uh, as uh, Christian nationalist, white nationalist, and and that that accusation of white nationalism has nothing to do with race. Uh, I have a friend who was talking about a a group of uh, his friends who were being taken into what he saw as a, the dangers of uh, this Christian nationalism, white nationalism, and two of them were Hispanic. And uh, so I don't think it has anything to do with race. It's just broad 
uh, brush narrative based accusation. So Christians don't buy into this. Don't put a label on yourself, even if you feel like it fits, if you don't know what's meant by that label, because what they're going to try to do is build you and, uh, you know, paint you into a corner and build you up to be the problem. And so this shiny, happy people was like a record setting, um, uh, documentary for the network that produced it. And it's pretty scary when you see so many people watching this stuff and getting uh, a very distorted view. Now, the sex abuse and the cover-ups and that stuff is, they are horrific. And we're experiencing this even in entire denominations. The SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, is dealing with this. But, you know, the answer is not to uh, to um, uh, take the whole movement and throw it into the hands of activists and in the case with the sex abuse thing into the hands of feminists or uh, turn the church over to and its reputation over to secular media, which hates it. So how do Christians deal with this? Well, first off, Christians need to be very careful about these narratives. Christians do need it as Uh, David Jeremiah said, we need to get back in and anchored in the Word of God. And if we're going to speak out in the public forum, we need to speak to the Word of God. And and the abuse issue, victims of abuse need the gospel. They need to be able to forgive, and they need to be able to be healed, and they need to be able to look forward to a future where their victimization does not define them and where they don't grow bitter and continue to try to extract some type of justice. Whatever justice can be found, it doesn't ensure that they'll be able to forgive and move on. The only thing that can ensure that is Jesus. So I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm very um, uh, sympathetic with uh, the the abuse and the victims, and I, and I despise the fact that anyone has knowingly covered this stuff up. But at the same time, this perpetual victimhood or being delivered into the hands of feminists. And actually, I found where one of the guys in a Baptist seminary whose wife is involved in this victim's advocacy, his um, master's and doctoral work is all based around um, refining the narrative of, um, of feminine theology and feminine theory so that it can go for justice and seek a pound of flesh from uh, the perpetrator while still having some semblance of a gospel narrative. So seeking to reconcile in this narrative the gospel and the victim's cry for justice. Well, Jesus was the, uh, was the real victim. You get that? He was the victim of all of our sin. So you want to survive some of these political narratives? Uh, put the blame where it belongs. That's why I shared that testimony from uh, 2 Timothy 3. The Word of God hit me and convicted me, and I didn't, I didn't have a self-righteous leg to stand on. I was done. I was done in by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we are, people. The gospel is our way out. 
Uh, you don't want to be a perpetual victim. You don't want to be a slave to the narrative. You don't want to become a statistic and live your life demanding some kind of justice. When justice has come by the the fact that Jesus laid his life down to become the propitiation, that divine substitute. So the gospel is something other than this. The gospel offers something much more powerful and and it's redemptive all the way around, and we can walk in forgiveness. You're here with me, Tom Littleton, sitting in for Greg and Nate on Priority Talk Live here on WXJC. We'll be right back. Good news. Christian Values. That's what it's all about on Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Tune in to 101.1 WXJC weekdays from 5 to 7 p.m. to listen to Greg and co-host Nate Williams discuss Christian values in today's climate, along with special guests and callers alike. I really enjoy your program, and I want to thank y'all so much. You're reaching more people than, than what you think. And I'm, I'm telling everyone, hey, 5 o'clock, hit 101.1. So be sure to switch to 101.1 at 5 o'clock to hear the latest on politics and culture. You can always catch a replay of our past broadcasts at PriorityTalkRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform. God bless. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hello. Welcome back to Priority Talk Live here on WXJC. This is Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg. Greg's in Israel and uh, leading a tour and having a great time seeing some wonderful biblical sites. Uh, You can find that on some of his social media if you want an update. And uh, also on the archives, I think he did a call in and uh, talked some about what they're seeing. You can find this program on WXJCRadio.com, PriorityTalkRadio.com. You can find the archived episodes there as well. If you want to uh, join us here uh, live uh, every day, 101.1 FM, and you can also listen live on the Internet. 205-941-1011. You can call in and uh, join the conversation here on Priority Talk Live. This is uh, Alabama's most powerful two hours of live talk Christian radio. Pretty amazing. And uh, Greg's been at it a long time. He and Nate do a great job, and I enjoy getting to be here uh, sitting in for them. Uh, There was a, a Gallup poll that just came out, um, historically low faith in U.S. institutions continues. 
uh, and uh, I think this was done in June. They said that the numbers had, were in a big slump of public confidence in 2022, but 11 of the 16 institutions tracked annually uh, are are down, and um, the presidency and the Supreme Court ha- uh, were apparently suffering the most uh, as the share of Americans expressing a great deal or a fair amount of confidence in these fell 15 and 11 percentage points respectively. Now, I would call that a crisis. 15% drop in the uh, in confidence in the presidency, 11% drop in the confidence in the Supreme Court. Public confidence, uh, one guy's calling this a confidence deficit. I guess that's a nice way of saying it. People think uh, things are, <laughs> are going away fast. How do Christians deal with this stuff? How do we live in a world where we can kind of feel the earth shaking underneath our feet? How do we live without fear? That's the second point of my three uh, concerns that uh, great greatest concerns for Christians living today. How do we not live in fear when institutions are on the verge of collapse because the confidence in those institutions is collapsing? And I can tell you this can be big stuff, uh, big problems. Uh, Congress, big business, um, less than 20% of Americans ha- uh, have uh, uh, confidence in Congress. And um, uh, I mean, it's the only one in the single digits. Boy, that's that's bad. <laughs> uh, public schools, uh, large technology companies, organized labor, these are all suffering. Uh, it says in the report that many institutions are at near rock bottom, including four that are at or tied with their record lows. Those are police, public schools, large technology companies, and big business. Nine of the institutions that Gallup has routinely tracked since 1979, um, the average fell to a new low of 26% uh, confidence. So, um, and some of these institutions appear to be more polarizing than others, but, than others, but it goes on to say that the, sur- the church and pastors are among those. And then we have Lifeway Research, which is Southern Baptist uh, publication, uh, and research arm uh, talking about these same. We'll get to that in a minute. They're talking about this same Gallup poll. So stepping back a little bit and saying, okay, there's a crisis. There's a crisis with the church. There's a crisis of confidence. There's a crisis with the politics and with the culture. There's all this intentional narrative and vilification, polarization. How do we walk through this stuff? And above all, how do we live without fear? Well, it depends on where our confidence lies. If, if your hope is in your uh, chosen political party, I can just say this, you're in trouble. If your hope is in a particular candidate, you're probably in bigger trouble. Uh, but if your hope is in the living God and in anchoring yourself firmly in the Word of God and knowing, uh, I remember uh, I worked with Dave Wilkerson years ago. And he wrote a book called The Vision, and he was talking about a lot of the things that were coming on uh, the world at that time. That was 1973. But I remember his biggest words of encouragement were five words. I think God has everything under control. Well, God's still on the throne. He who sits in the heavens will laugh. He will have them in derision. All the nations are as a drop in a bucket before the living God. So remember that. And so looking at these things, our our faith doesn't have to be shaken 
even though everything around us that can be shaken will be shaken. And I think that's what we're seeing uh, as these institutions are collapsing. Remember, we were talking about the struggle in the beginning for the confidence in pastors and that there was a great falling away. Uh, uh, Matthew 7, it says, Watch out for false prophets. Uh, They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Sounds like what we just quoted from Acts 20 with Paul. I know that after I leave, these wolves are going to come in, not spare the flock. Jesus goes on to say, But by their fruit you will recognize them. So that's one reason that you can be confident. Because if you know the Word of God and you can judge the fruit because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you don't have to be taken in. He said, do Jesus said, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Hey, we uh, some people have said this. Uh, we're not we're told we're not to judge, but we're to be fruit testers. And um, I think there's two different kinds of judgment, one being condemnation, which we are never called to do, but uh, making sound judgment, which we absolutely must do especially determining what's of God and what is of, what is not. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That's just real practical wisdom, wisdom right out of uh, Jesus' mouth. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Uh, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So encouragement from the Word of God, you can know and judge the fruit and and tell by the fruit whether uh, some a voice that you're hearing in the narrative or in the in the um, in the current uh, stream in the mainstream or from the from the, the the wings and the shadows what voices you should follow well we're told that that Jesus sheep know his voice and that another we will not follow because uh, it's our great shepherd who's calling to us to say this is the way walk in it and so we can have that confidence as we face these kinds of things now specific economic fears i want to address that uh, when we come back from the break because you know uh, uh, economics that's something uh, meeting the bills that's a big big fear and uh, a lot of people face that every day but you know we have promises from the lord that he is going to stand with us and take care of us that he is our provider and uh, it's not just left up to us and um, people have testified of miraculous provision over and over again and uh, thank god for that and that we don't have to be living in a time when um, uh, when so much troubles abound and uncertainty abounds that we would be found here on our own having to navigate this and make our own way Uh, He's the Lord. So uh, you're here with Tom Littleton. I'm sitting in for Greg Davis and for Nate uh, here on WXJC Priority Talk Live. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keetan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. 
That's today's family dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. Hi, this is Bruce Bickle, co-author of Listening to God, and you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Right, we're well on our way with this uh, second hour of Priority Talk Live. This is Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis. And uh, for Nate, those guys are out, but they will be back. Uh, you're here with this wonderful programming, Priority Talk. Uh, this is good news and Christian values. That is the mission of this program. We appreciate uh, Crawford Broadcasting Media and uh, the wonderful uh, sponsors who keep this program on the air, and above all, we appreciate you listeners. 101.1 FM, you can call in 205-941-1011. Thank you so much for being a part, and um, uh, we had one caller. We lost him. If he wants to call back, uh, please do. We'll get you on the air. So uh, anyway, I was talking about you know some of the crisis that we're facing in the in the church, and we're talking about financial crisis and uh, looming changes in uh, global economics and uncertainties, inflation, and all these things. And we're reminded that Jesus said uh, that uh, we are not to fear little flock, and we're to consider the ravens, consider the lilies, uh, consider those tiny little uh, birds that uh, God attends every funeral. Uh, every one of them who who falls by the wayside, God is aware of, and uh, the lilies of the field. If you take those words in, let them sink into your heart. Um, God has promised to take care of you. You do not have to live in fear. I will admit a lot of the things that are happening economically in the world are very disturbing. I don't like all this talk of... Um, social credit scores and um, uh, digital currency and uh, every time those guys meet in Davos and they have those guys sound like Bond villains over there and they're it looks like some big meeting of uh, uh, what's the big octopus uh, uh, creature on uh, Bond you know it's all these villains meeting who want to dominate the world and tell you uh, basically own you by telling you uh, how to spend your money and what you can have and not have. And there is a pretty nefarious agenda about, it's been ar- around for years, you know, that has to do with public property, um, private property, uh, private property rights, uh, the idea, the narrative, uh, everything for the common good and equitable distribution and all those, all those things are enemies of the American way of life. And ultimately we know that that's part of prophecy in itself, that uh, it's going to come down to uh, a mark that will be required for people to put, uh, you know, to be put on their bodies uh, and um, for them to be able to buy or sell anything. And a lot of these things that are shaping up in the digital world and uh, the kind of um, we saw a global vaccine mandate applied, some things like we had never seen before, a total global economic shutdown over a pandemic and um, a lot of amazing stuff that we had never seen historically and we saw how it actually works and how these things could come to pass 
in a moment of time. Now, uh, people debate about where the church is going to be, if it's if it's still going to be here. Um, uh, but I'm not going to try uh, to go into all the eschatological questions. But we got a caller on. Is this Ken? Hello, caller. Hey, hey there. Hey, man. Glad. Hey, uh, man. Did, did you get cut off? We and call back. I, I did. Okay, I did. good. Thanks for calling back. Uh, what you got on your mind? Well, you brought up some really good topics. You know, one where you were talking about, you know, the direction the world's going in, you know, and, you know, people talk about, you know, pre, mid, you know, all this, you know, tribulation stuff, you know, and, you know, I guess I'm one of those, I'll stand to be corrected on the way up, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but. I think that's I, a good approach. We'll, what is it? I said, I think that's a great approach. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to see a lot more than what people, you know, what I've been taught growing up, you know. Yeah. That, you know. Christ is going to come, and, you know, he is going to come, but I think we're going to see a lot more, a lot more darkness than what we, people have said, you know, and um, it's, um, it's crazy, you know, we, we look to the wrong, you know, you talk about fearful, you know, living in fear, and, you know, when you live within your own means, yeah, it would be a scary place, but, you know, I guess we can't forget who's, who holds us. Who holds it all together? Yeah, I fully agree, and uh, I appreciate that you would uh, invest the time to get back with us. Sorry, we lost connection with you, but oh, uh, but good Maybe. comments. I, I think we've got to be prepared. I, I heard one uh, pastor say, uh, debating um, over eschatology, he said, "Well, you better be uh, ready to go uh, and uh, prepared to stay uh, until it's time to go." So, I think yep. you know it, it, it's a sobering time for us when we see how quickly all the things that are written in the book of Revelation could come to pass. And, um, uh, you know, just, and, and humanity is going to be put in the squeeze here and the devil is going to come down with great fury knowing he has a short time, right? I mean, he, he knows, he doesn't know the day or the hour and neither do we, but he knows his time is short. That's what I've always heard that, you know, Satan always had somebody there. We had our time of Hitler and pharaohs and all this he always had somebody to take that spot that he doesn't know when <laughs> right right and uh, obviously first uh, john 4 he goes into that john says you know that any spirit that doesn't uh, uh confess jesus uh and that jesus is god and coming in the flesh that is the spirit of antichrist and he said that spirit's already at work in the world and that was first century Christianity right there. But, I mean, you know. Uh, no people, political parties going to bring that peace, is it? No, no. Uh, peace, peace. And then what happens after that, brother? Sud- yep. Sudden destruction. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate your call in. God bless you. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good man. Uh, and you too can call in 205-941-1011. Uh, thanks for that comment. And uh, yeah, we do have to consider, um, you know, the 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 concern over uh, the the times we're living in is not just an uh, a debate over eschatology or in final things or how you're going to interpret Revelation um, or the Rapture or debating about all these things. Because bottom line, we don't know. And that was one of the things Jesus made very clear, you know, uh, that uh, we don't know the day or the hour, but we can know the times and the seasons. And we're living in a time when these things could come upon us very suddenly. It could come upon the earth very suddenly, like a thief in the night. And uh, people are not going to be ready. And, you know, I, I always wondered 
how are people, I mean, it's right there in the Bible, and how are people going to be taken unaware when the Bible spells it out all the way up to the end, right? And, and of course, the enemy, the devil, he knows who the the victor is, but, I mean, uh, how do people, like, pledge allegiance to the losing side? I've never understood that. Why would you want to, when I was a kid, you had this Hollywood sort of glamorized uh, idea of, you know, Rosemary's Baby and Satanic Worshippers, the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, and all this, this Satanic Bible. And you had a lot of celebrities, you know, uh, 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 you know ascribing, you know, devotion to uh, these people and these things, these ideologies. It's really kind of silly in light of the scripture uh, that you would just pick the losing side. I mean, why would you do that? But uh, people hate God and they 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 hate the truth. And uh, Jesus said it: if um, that lights come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light, and they refuse to come to the light unless their deeds be reproved. And people have to face that within the church that there is darkness about us. And uh, darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. And when in the book of Job, we get that insight into the devil's workings, you know, that he said, um, you know, he was asked of God, where have you been? He said, running to and fro, you know, and um, he moves about like the scripture warned us, like um, uh, David Jeremiah, when what I read in the opening, uh, that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, saints, you don't have to be devoured. Your hope doesn't have to wither. Your hope in the institutions may wither, and and with good reason. Uh, But we're going to talk about that more when we get back, uh, about people's hope in the institution of the church withering. So how do we remain faithful to God and, and fulfill the great commandment to love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves? How do we do that? in a time where confidence is slipping away in the institution of the church and even in pastors themselves. And we're looking at LifeWay Research um, uh, and what they had to say about this uh, Gallup poll. So if you don't think the church is in crisis, you don't think the nation is in crisis, you don't think a lot of people's faith could could be uh, in crisis. Um, Jesus said the love of many, because iniquity would abound, the love of many would grow cold. So what's the cure for uh, the chill in the air that could affect your, your faith? It is love. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't be double-minded. Don't be divided in your loyalty. Don't set your heart on things that are of this world that are going to fade away. And so the Bible's just so plain. It's so black and white, and it's really very simple. It's very simple how we can survive the times and how we can walk in faithfulness. So we're going to talk more about that in the last uh, 30 minutes and about this uh, LifeWay's uh, take on this uh, Gallup poll. Because I think if anything is uh, is disturbing out of these uh, loss of uh, confidence in the institutions, it would be a continued uh, deepening of the loss of confidence in the church and in pastors. Because... Uh, the world is a needy place. We need the gospel. We need the truth. We need the light. And uh, you and I, we need to be faithful witnesses in times like these and um, realize we have a job to do.
But you're here with me with Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis uh, and for Nate here on Priority Talk Live. This is 101.1 FM WXJC. We appreciate that you join us and give us uh, the time to listen and to to step into these um, these issues. I know that Greg covers a lot of good issues on the program, and you know he does some great work with uh, Alcap, and he carries uh, carries the water there to your uh, representatives and um, uh, around the state and uh, at the Capitol, and. Um, we appreciate that. I've never wanted the job, but I always appreciated the guys who do it, like uh, Joe Godfrey. He's a good friend who um, was uh, the guy who ran it before uh, Greg. And, you know, Greg does a good job. He just knows everybody, uh, and, and uh, he's worked hard around the state all these years. And they have this outlet opportunity to engage you and to hear back from you. Uh, and take on these issues and um, uh, take on them without fear and unashamedly because uh, this is the gospel and uh, God's people aren't afraid because we have the truth. We're to buy the truth and sell it not. But uh, again, you'll be uh, joining us for the last half hour here on Priority Talk Live WXJC. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code. PTR to the number 205-941-1011 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 205-941-1011 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... All right, we're on the last 30 minutes of the program here on Priority Talk Live on WXJC. We got a caller. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's your name and uh, what's your comment? Okay, my name is Scott, and um, I just want to touch a little bit on what you were saying earlier with regarding homeschool with just uh, an observation or two. Uh, yeah. My wife and I actually... Uh, We've homeschooled both of our boys. The my oldest, he's graduating in college now, but he actually finished um, in first place in the state of Alabama statewide for the Betty Club comp- competition. That's in great. The, the uh, category of social studies, and then uh, that was about four years ago. And my youngest, a couple years ago, finished first place in the state and the science category that's against all the secular schools and but, but uh, the uh, some of the negative uh, remarks I think the the, the, the shiny people mm-hmm. show you were referring to yeah um, that is uh, to be expected and uh, my wife and I we recently watched the, the movie The Sound of Freedom and uh, the uh, secular world they're, they're going to jump on any negative they can whether it be homeschooling or the that movie which no one should be uh, have any reason to block uh, the, the 
I did a little research in the background of that movie, and it was a. Uh, they had roadblocks at every turn from major media outlets to the theaters. So, but um, that is uh, unfortunately what we're up against yeah. in this world. Well, it sounds like yeah. you guys did some uh, did some stuff right with your kids. And, uh, you know, homeschooling, from what I see, if you want to judge it by its fruit, uh, thank God for what uh, what you guys were able to accomplish what, and your kids have done with that hard work. And um, also, you know, the biggest threat, I guess, with uh, uh, homeschooling is this, it's a great place to, to help disciple your kids and not just turn them over to the world. So, uh, boy, the, the, the progressives can't have that, can they? That's exactly right. And uh, uh, all the credit in that regard, uh, I give I give to God all, all the glory to God because uh, uh, it was uh, we were kind of led in that direction uh, uh, through through Him. It, it, my wife was a school teacher, and uh, she was seeing the curriculum and what what we were up against. Yeah. So we just. Uh, she was uniquely qualified to teach our, our kids. She was the teacher. I was the principal. And it, it, uh, <laughs> it worked out. It, it's just been a, a blessing. And, and we certainly haven't missed the, in, in, the income that, that she left in comparison to the blessing we've received and the foundation our children got. Yeah, and uh, thank we appreciate your call, Scott, and thanks for your thoughts. And uh, for those of you who are uh, homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling, be encouraged because uh, it's not actually uh, a new idea. Uh, and um, uh, many people I grew up around uh, were either homeschooled or uh, grew up in a one-room schoolhouse. Education's just become this big monster uh, for the progressives in uh, in recent generations, and then. Uh, of course, shaming homeschoolers like they're depriving their kids. I can just tell you, you need to you need to meet some of these kids, uh, and your faith would be restored. And uh, and uh, I, I thank you. I'm glad for guys like Scott and his wife, and what a quality decision she made, and uh, willing to um, uh, pay a price and make an investment. And uh, your kids are worth it, folks. Uh, and uh, that's the most important thing you can. Uh, invest your life your time and your treasure in as your kids uh, but thanks scott appreciate the call yes sir thank you right. uh so we're looking at uh you know people losing faith in the institutions in america and i promised we would get to this um uh, lifeway research report which is uh drawn from the gallup poll and it deals actually a lot more with uh the uh church troubles as it calls it uh, but no other, uh, no institution included in the survey tops 30% other than um, uh, a couple of them. Uh, but the Supreme Court, 27%, banks, 26%, public schools, 26%, presidency, 26 big tech, 26 organized labor unions, 25%, newspapers, 18%. Buddy, that's a crisis. Criminal justice system, 17%. Television news, 14%. Wow. Big business, 14 Congress, 8%. But the church troubles are the ones that we really need to look. Uh, if we looked at after this downward trajectory, the church has experienced a boost of, of confidence in 2001. That was up from... 1975 uh, at a, a high watermark of 68 percent and then a, uh, a little boost uh, in 2001 
Uh, and then um, in the wake of uh, September 11th, 2001, it rebounded after having been down since 1987. Uh, it rebounded to 60%. Sorry, that's just a little confusing. I'm reading it, but it, it just isn't very clear <laughs> in this report. But uh, here, was, here was what was sad, um, uh, that uh, the current 32 32% of Americans who have a great deal or fair amount of confidence in the church marks the second lowest percentage ever. Okay, and here's it pinpoints the trust uh, or distrust. This is the why, breaking it down by age. Some Americans are less likely than others to have trust in the church. Uh, younger adults are more distrustful than those who are older. Americans 18 to 34, their trust is at 24%. Um, and also those 35 to 54 at 32 percent, and 55 and older at a still a very low 35 uh, percent. Republicans and Democrats, I mean, um, Democrats 25 percent, and Independents 25 percent, uh, and then Republicans 49 percent. So that it is uh, divided sort of a, along the. Um, uh, d depending on your politics. But uh, the sad reality is this is coming from Lifeway Research. This is the Baptist research arm, and they're, they're drawing uh, the facts from uh, this uh, Gallup poll. And so, in my opinion, a crisis of confidence, as David Jeremiah had pointed out, among uh, Christians over pastoral authority figures and then as this report talks about for the church, uh, it's a it's a call, brother, a clarion call, brothers and sisters. If you're not hearing it, for us to put up or shut up, for us to live up to our calling, and to engage uh, the gospel. And uh, and I, I'm seeing this. One of my friends said, "Hey, some of the pastors who want take on the real issues, the uh, the the moms are taking on the homeschool moms and." And uh, the uh, the moms of uh, the kids in the public schools and others, they're standing up and and being heard, making their voices heard. So I think one of the big struggles that we have, again, is being slave to the narrative. We're so afraid that we're going to offend somebody. I mean, think about that, people. Uh, the gospel is offensive. Uh, we have to uh, we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. A cross is an offensive symbol, and it's more than a symbol. It is the authority of of, uh, of God being applied to our life and uh, the judgment of God to remove our sin and then to give us that uh, gateway for resurrected life. The cross is the symbol of what Jesus has done to intervene in a world that has gone crazy. So, Bear the cross, folks. Uh, bear the reproach of the cross. Stand up and and march forward and realize that uh, we have a high calling on us and uh, we can't shrink back. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I was going to point out in the narrative, uh, this is the Lifeway guy. I actually used to head um, Lifeway Research. His name's Ed Stetzer. I actually caught Ed Stetzer working uh, with the Council on Foreign Relations um, last year, accusing Christians of being conspiracy theorists, accusing <laughs> conservative Christians, Bible-believing Christians, of uh, putting out misinformation and and um, and being um, promoters of uh, uh, of. <laughs> Of conspiracy theories, and what's amazing is he was doing this among uh, this big uh, Rockefeller think tank from the United Nations called the Council on Foreign Relations, which is one of the biggest 
objects of conspiracy theorists ever because it does uh, involve these elitists uh, who now we see manifest in the World Economic Forum and other groups who want to rule the world. You know, and, and um, guys never get over this, do they? They never get over this ambition to rule the world. And I'm telling you, it belongs to someone else who's purchased it with his own blood. And it is going to become a footstool for his feet as sure as the sun rises tomorrow. But what in the world is a Lifeway guy, a Baptist guy, doing joining the Council on Foreign Relations? Ed Stetzer out there accusing us of promoting conspiracy theories because we're holding on to biblical conservative uh, worldview. That's crazy stuff, folks. Crazy stuff. So no wonder we're losing confidence in these people. Uh, it's Tom Littleton sitting in for Greg Davis, WXJC 101.1 FM. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Often marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burnt by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average. Move past multiple vendors. Lost time, lost money. Contact Dot Edison Marketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey, this is God's Comic Brad Stein, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Listen to him every day. Just rip the knob off of your radio station and stay tuned. All right, welcome back. We are wrapping this thing up in the last segment. Uh, Tom Littleton sitting in on uh, Priority Talk Live WXJC for Greg and Nate. We've got Andrew taking care of things in the control center, and um, we appreciate you guys doing a good job here. Thanks for Greg. Glad to sit in uh, for him and uh, for Nate. And uh, we're talking about, as we wrap it up, uh, some concerns, you know, real concerns that um, there's a crisis of faith, a crisis of um, trust in our institutions, especially in the church and among our pastors. We talked about uh, Pastor David Jeremiah saying that uh, is in the Christian Post that uh, all this uh, falling away that we're seeing is a prophetic sign uh, among ministers and ministries and a lot of people departing from biblical truth. Peter said it, Second Peter 2, he said, but there were also false prophets among people, just as there will be false teachers among you. So look, this stuff, we've been warned about it. If God knew it was coming, God uh, inspired the apostles and, and Jesus spoke by the Holy Spirit to warn us of these things. You, you don't have to be afraid. You just have to be informed. Uh, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, what Peter says, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Remember that, folks. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Now think about that. That's what's happening. All these scandals and all this junk that's being done in the name of the Lord um, will um, is bringing the gospel into disrepute. The way of truth is being evil spoken of, the King James says. 
their greed, these teachers will exploit you and fabricate stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. It slumbers not, uh, the King James says. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held in judgment, uh, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, that's eight souls that God spared out of that antediluvian wickedness. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless uh, deeds he saw and heard you might feel like lot uh today living in this world he might feel uh vexed and uh, the king james word again vexed and perplexed and abused and in reality, that's what the world will do to us. And if we hold on to our faith in God, but then we're camped out in, in um, a Sodom and Gomorrah-like culture, uh, unfortunately, we see what that did. Jesus warns about it in Luke 17 that, um, you know, Lot lost his family because he chose to raise them there. And, you know, we were talking about homeschooling. We we're talking about Christians, you know, protecting their families, protecting their kids and stuff. Look, people, you can't be like Lot and set your heart on the city because you love the city life. I mean, I liken this to um, the Green Acres scenario with the bride of Christ. You know, the bride loves the city and and, uh, the groom wants to take her out to live on the farm. Well, we're called out, folks. We can't be like... Uh, one of the Gabor sisters and be uh, loving the high life on uh, Park Avenue. Uh, we've got, we're not of this world. We're called out of this world. And I did a, a whole sermon one time at uh, at a, a college uh, uh, campus meeting about uh, likening the the body of Christ, the bride of Christ to, um, to Miss Gabor and her um, lack of enchantment with farm life. Well, Jesus isn't calling us to some dilapidated farmhouse where he's trying to be the incapable handyman or gentleman farmer. He's calling us to glory, and he's calling us to live apart, to be in the world but not of the world. And see, this is the only way to be a witness and a light. We're in the world, but we are not of the world because our love and affections and devotion is not on this world, but our love and our heart is set on him. How are we going to be faithful? Uh, That uh, proverbial question, how shall we now live, that was put forward by Francis Schaeffer uh, years ago. Uh, How is that answered? How are we going to survive this? How can we uh, uh, survive this political climate and these accusations against us and all the public distrust? How can we survive the collapse of... Uh, of the institutions and even potentially the collapse of our nation and our way of life as we know it and the collapse of trust even within uh, the household of faith for the church and for the um, for uh, the representatives who are standing in our pulpits let me tell you the devil knows his game really well but we have been told the greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world 
we have that promise. We have all these exceeding great and precious promises. And Jesus has paved the way before us, beloved. He has he has partaken of humanity. He's been tempted. He's been through every struggle. He's uh, been brought to the brink and pressed out of measure. Remember those those tears of blood that he taught, he uh, he wept there, the sweat of blood uh, on his brow there in the Garden of Gethsemane. That means olive press. He was pressed, as Paul said, pressed beyond measure, and yet trust in God. Beloved, if you are being pressed in God's press, don't worry about it. He's going to bring you through. But if you're in a place where the world has got you in its grasp and in a crunch and your faith is in crisis, it's because your eyes are on the storm or on the circumstances and not on the Lord. Remember, Jesus is able to calm the seas and still the waves with but a word. God is not shaken by the things that are are shaking and collapsing around you. And this world is being shaken. This world is going to be shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken that, uh, so that only what cannot be shaken will remain. And what cannot be shaken? That is the Lord and his foundations in the heavens and his word, which is forever settled in heaven, and his living word made flesh that dwells among us, and that forever kingdom of Jesus. He has a scepter of righteousness uh, is the scepter of his kingdom. And if you're worried about injustice in the world, guess who's going to set it all right? The Lord of hosts is going to set it all right. Jesus, who took all the injustice on himself of being in the world and having the world been made by him and yet the world not knowing him and rejecting him, coming to his own and his own receiving him not, but thrusting him out of the city and killing him. That was one of the things when I was in Israel, when I saw the various, the couple of different places they believe that uh, the crucifixion uh, took place. Uh, the one out by the bus stop by the Garden of Gethsemane was certainly more moving and more like what uh, the um, it would have been in Jesus' day. But we know he was thrown outside the city wall, the city that he chose to bear his name. And the place where he had had his house built, a house of prayer for all people. And the place that he had brought his people to be able to live before him and worship him. And he came unto his own and his own did not receive him. What a powerful picture of the immeasurable love of God. Because instead of rising up for vengeance, he laid his life down as a lamb. And as a lamb, he was slain, uh, and that was promised and, and fulfilled even before the foundations of the earth were laid. So think about that. So we don't have to worry because we've got a Savior. We don't have to worry because we have a, a Lord and a Master who <laughs> he knows the beginning from the end, and he is not shaken. Our best hope is in the reality that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Beloved, pray and don't be taken in by the fearful things that are coming on the earth. Don't let your faith be shaken by having put too much confidence in, in man or in man-made institutions that bear the name of God or have a name that they live but are dead. Uh, judge the, the, the fruit of what is around you that bears the name of Jesus. And more than that, 
judge that person that uh, that you meet in the morning when you get up and let God sanctify you wholly let God make you his disciple and let that let patience have its perfect work if you're living in trial and you're living in uh, in hard times know that the trying of your faith which is more precious than gold uh, it's going to yield fruit and your faith will be strengthened and Christians go through hard times Christians struggle uh, Christians fail you can fall flat on your face and guess what just like Peter there's a loving Lord who knew it was going to happen and is waiting for you to come and to repent. We appreciate that you joined us here on uh, WXJC on Priority Talk Live. We're praying that you have a, a blessed evening and that these things, you let them uh, sink down into your heart and that you know that you can trust the Word of God and not be shaken. That you can take these things to heart and know that God has a plan for you, and uh, that plan includes uh, you being an heir of his mercy, not uh, an heir of his wrath. Uh, there's a hiding place. There's a mercy seat on top of that ark. There's a place for you in God's kingdom. Uh, he said, no, if it weren't so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. So, hey, that's the ultimate victory. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I, if you come to me, you're going to live. We appreciate it here on Priority Talk Live. It's been a fast two hours. We appreciate that you spend your time with this program. Thank you for the sponsors and for Crawford uh, Broadcasting Network. We appreciate that they continue to put out this program and many others like it. Uh, as a great resource for you, a place of encouragement, a place for the gospel to uh, go forth and for you to be able to have the kind of uh, resources and encouragement with the Word of God and that your families can be strengthened in your faith to overcome. That's the blessed news that He has already overcome. And uh, because He lives, we live also. We thank God for our audience because you are the guys who really make it possible. We appreciate that you're uh, there, you're listening. And uh, all you callers, thanks again today for calling in. And uh, God bless and keep you as you follow him.